I want to go before the Lord very quickly uh, to the book of Joshua. Uh, and if it's a custom to stand for the reading of the word, I would ask you to do that. Joshua chapter number six. We're going to read two verses of scripture in chapter six and also in chapter seven. Joshua six, verse number 27 is where we are going to uh, start this morning. Joshua chapter 6. Well, I got so many good friends here. Those that I went to Israel with. I see the Tracys out there. And uh, Brother Brown and his family. And see these folks knew me. Oh yes, there's Sister Brown. And these folks knew me when I had hair. Praise God. They've known me for a long time. And, uh, and so don't go asking them any stories about me. It's all under the blood. Amen. Uh, so they've known me for a long time and it was so good to see a lot of you who I went to Israel with and we had a great time in the Lord. I thank Pastor Harpo uh, for allowing many of us to go and we had a wonderful time there. And, and so many of you I'm very familiar with. Uh, so I give you great honor as well. Joshua chapter six, starting at verse number 27. If you have that, say amen. If you don't, it's up on the screen there. The Bible says, so the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was noise throughout all the country. Go to Joshua chapter number seven now, just the very next verse, verse number one. But the children of Israel committed a trespass. There are many transitions in scripture that go from what the enemy's doing to what God is able to do. Uh, but then there are a few where the Lord has his hand in a situation, but then we, you and I, go in the wrong direction. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joshua, and because the Lord was with him, he had fame that was noise throughout all the country. I'm telling you, my friend, you don't have to try to make a name for yourself. If you just trust in the Lord with all of your heart, the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding. He will noise you abroad. But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing. For Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, took of the accursed thing. And the angel of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. I want to preach here just for a few moments on a very simple subject, and that subject is simply greater. Turn to your neighbor and say, there's greater for you. If you don't mind, pray with me now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, Lord God, for the spirit that we feel in this house. I thank you, Lord, because this is your church. These are your people. These are your sheep, Lord, and I am your vessel. So help me, Lord God, right now that I will speak every word that is intended. I pray that my flesh will not get in the way. And I believe that we're going to walk out of here stronger, wiser, even greater. I believe that and I claim it in the name of Jesus Christ. If you receive that, clap your hands one more time unto the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. If I can get a little bit more monitor from the outset here, that will be be very good, please. I'm not quite sure how it works in your house, but 
In my house, when the kids do something very well, when they do something that we are impressed with or they do something that they should be doing according to their behavior, or they even do something extraordinary that we didn't see coming or see happening, well, in my house, those are always my kids. They're always my kids. I will take credit for them every single time they do something that they should be doing. But on the flip side, when something goes wrong or they don't do something so well or they're not acting the way they should, well, now they are my wife's kids. I don't know how that works in your house, but that's exactly how it goes. And I wish I had some real folks in here that would be honest with me and say, yeah, that's, I do the same thing. Uh, and, and, and so that's, that's how it works in, in, in my home. And I find that intriguing because here we just read a man by the name of Achan. And when you go back to Joshua 7 and 1, the scripture says he committed a trespass because he took of the accursed thing. And they wanted to find out who does Achan belong to? Who is his lineage? Where does he come from? And if you read here in Joshua 7 and 1, they just don't name his father. They named his grandfather and they named his great grandfather they said hey he's the son of Carmi, the son of zabdi the son of zara that that's where he comes from I, I i'm sure it was one of those moments when dad or grandpa even great grandpa saying that's his mama's that's his mama's side of the family i didn't do that right there that's on his mother's side and they wanted to know exactly where he came from And speaking of heritage, let's remind ourselves is where these people of God even came from. These are the people of God that the Lord had just performed the miracle just a few years ago, some decades ago, by opening up the waters of the Red Sea. And the people, after he opened up the waters of the Red Sea, and they came across on dry land. And we know that Pharaoh, his army that was chasing after them, was swallowed up by the waters that the people of God was able to walk through on dry land un touched. The Bible lets us know that after they had come out of that, that they rejoice. They begin to sing unto the Lord. For Exodus chapter number 15, starting at verse number one, it says, then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake saying, I will sing unto the Lord for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider have he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song and he has become my salvation. The Bible says he is my God. Does anybody have that testimony? It goes on to say, and I will prepare him a habitation, my father's God, and I will exalt him. Verse 3 says, the Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Dropping down to verse number 18, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. And Miriam and the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with the dancing. It's important to see here because right as they are coming out and as they are worshiping the Lord and singing unto the Lord in the timbrel and in the dance, the scripture, the story lets us know that it did not last long. Because if you stay in this same area, in this same place, the Bible lets us know in Exodus 15, dropping to verse number 23, it says, and when they came tomorrow, 
They could not drink of the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. And the Bible says that the people, in verse number 24, began to murmur. They went from dancing and celebrating and worshiping and seeing the miraculous things of God to where now all of a sudden here very quickly they came to a place and they started to murmur and to complain. The interesting thing here is that we must take heed that we all must be very careful when you begin to murmur or even you surround yourself with murmuring people. Because when you begin to murmur or surround yourself with murmuring people, you will always end up in a dry place of regret. I'm going to prove it to you here in Bible. Because of their murmur, if you continue in the book of Exodus, just go with me to chapter number 16. The Bible says, starting at verse number 1, if you allow me to expound here, and they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of sin. Because of their murmuring, God drove them into a wilderness, the Bible calls it, of sin. But look what the scripture says, which is between Elam and Sinai. It's important to understand that Elam represents palm or the word means palm coming from palm branches or palm trees and it's important for us to understand that palm means victory and then we have Sinai we know where the Lord met Moses and uh, he has his encounter there and so Sinai represents presence so God took them from their rejoicing into a wilderness of sin he drove them the Bible says and they took their journey from Elam so they went from victory to a wilderness of sin so their murmuring drove them into a wilderness of sin or in other words it drove them into a place of regret a place between victory and his presence. I'm going to say that one more time because that is where murmuring and complaining will take you. It will drive you to a place of regret between victory and his presence. We have too many people of God, children of God, that are surrounded by victory on one side, surrounded by his presence on another side. Here's how the word of God puts it. You are encompassed about with such great cloud of witnesses. That is what the word says. But because you have chose to murmur and to complain, you find yourself in a wilderness of sin. And the Bible lets us know that they were in this wilderness, meaning that they are entangled in a dry place. This is important for us to see because I believe I'm speaking to a whole congregation that refuses to allow murmuring to drive you to a wilderness you do not belong to. But do I have anyone here that refuses to murmur, but you will lift your hands and say, I'm going to be a praiser. Now, this is important here because if you choose to be a praiser, you need to let people in your row know because there could be someone in your row that's entangled in regret or in other words a wilderness of sin but they need to know you are surrounded by people that walk in victory you are surrounded by people that walk in his presence and if you are someone that walks in victory you ought to let somebody else know in your role you don't have to stay where you are but you can come out of your wilderness amen 
And see, some of us, I know it's early in my message and we're going to go somewhere here today, but can I dig here just a little bit? See, some of us have become so entangled in our wilderness that we have become stiff, stiff to the point to when people begin to ask you, the praise leader, the man of God begin to ask you to lift your hands and lift your voice. You can't even do it because you have been dwelling in a place that you do not belong. And because you dwell in a place you don't belong, you don't even know how to respond so when people say clap your hands you just fold your arms people say lift your hands I don't know if I can do that it's not about what you feel but it's about what you know and if you know Jesus to be your savior if you know him to be your healer if you know him to be your way maker don't worry about how you feel but you clap your hands because you know God is a great God Hallelujah. And I want to help someone understand that your deliverance today, I said your deliverance today is going to come through your praise. Now, I'm not trying to get you too excited here right now because we're going to take it higher just a little bit later. But I want you to know before you leave this place, you are going to receive your deliverance, but it's going to come only by what comes out of your mouth. Because too many of you have been speaking defeat, but God wants you to have victory. Too many of you have been... Boy, y'all go get me too excited too early here this morning. Some of you have been speaking the wrong way, but I'm trying to get you to understand if you would just speak out of your mouth, I shall come out of this. I shall be delivered. I'm telling you, God will bring deliverance through the words of your mouth. If you receive that, clap your hands unto the Lord. I want to see, do I have any praisers? Clap your hands unto the Lord. I want to see, do I have anybody that will lift up the name of Jesus? Clap your hands unto the Lord. Do I have anybody that believes that God is able? Ah, be seated. Be seated, please. I want you to know before I move on, we're going to move on here in a moment, but the devil is not intimidated by anyone's toughness. I'm talking to men and women because we can all be stiff neck every once in a while. The devil's not intimidated by that. He doesn't mind if I don't care how big you are, how strong you are. Trust me, I have been around men that have been so strong, so physically fit, look like they're in better shape than anyone else but yet they don't know how to pray they don't know how to read their word they don't know how to magnify the Lord they don't know how to leave their homes they don't know oh my God my God that's what the devil is intimidated by he doesn't care if you don't come in here and worship the Lord he cares when you begin to magnify him he cares when he begins to lift his your hands unto the Lord so deliverance is coming but finally there is A generation of Israelites that have made a decision their previous generation failed to do. And that is simply to possess the promise. Joshua gave the instructions of what to do and how to do it. All they had to do was listen and obey. But Achan, he took of the accursed thing. Everything was supposed to be destroyed in Jericho. We understand the story. And all the money was to go to the Lord's treasury. 
The Bible says in Joshua chapter 7, verse number 20, and Achan answered Joshua and said, indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel and thus and thus have I done. He began to tell everything that he had done. But the Bible says he goes on in verse number 21, when I saw among the spoils a goodly Babylonian garment and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and 50 shekels weight, then I coveted them. And took them, and behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent and the silver under it. And all Achan had to do was wait and be patient. All he had to do was wait and be patient. Because the Lord in the very next city allowed them to take the spoils of Ai. All he had to do was wait and be patient. Sacrifice now. For a greater reward later. Our opening text told us he's from the tribe of Judah. That means he's from a heritage of praise. He's from a heritage that the Lord will have his hand on for centuries to come. We understand the significance of the lineage of Judah. Great prophets came out of this lineage. Isaiah, Amos, Habakkuk, Joel, Micah, Obadiah. Zechariah and Zephaniah and of course King David and Jesus Christ himself. It was spoken in Genesis 49 and 8. Judah thou art he whom thy brethren shall praise. Thy hand shall be in the neck of thine enemies. Why? Because praise produces victory. Praise produces victory. But here's what I want us to be careful with. Because we understand the importance of praise. But praise with no discipline leads to destruction. So that simply means after you're done dancing, go home and set some standards. After you're done running the aisles, please, after you're done, go home and draw some lines. After you're done shouting, please go home and set some boundaries. Because praise will produce victory, but discipline will keep you victorious. You have to understand me. I love to dance and I love to shout. I love to worship the Lord with all of my might. But I've been doing this for quite some time now. And I grew up in the church. And I've seen many people that have danced and shouted and ran the aisles. And we're going to do a little bit of that today. But I'm telling you, after you're done doing that, now what? Because if you don't get sincere about who you love and what you're dancing about, you will go right back to the wilderness of sin. Uh I'm sorry, but I've come too far. God has brought me too far. God has been too good for me. So after I dance and after I shout, I'm going to make up in my mind. I'm not going back to the wilderness of sin. So how do you do that? You say, I'm going to set some boundaries. If I used to do this, I'm not doing that anymore. If I get too close to that, I'm not doing that anymore. Now, how do you stop doing it? That means some of us need to move our boundary lines. 
Why, if sin is here, why are you posting up right next to sin? Why are you trying to do just as much or as little as you can to get to the world when God's trying to call you out of the world? Because I'm telling you, your dance won't keep you. Your shout won't keep you. Hallelujah. I feel good in the Holy Ghost right here. Running the aisles won't keep you, but setting boundaries will keep you. Having holiness will keep you. Having separation will keep you. Hallelujah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Because I actually want to stay in this. You know, I enjoy the house of God. I enjoy living for God. I enjoy being a child of God. And I don't want to get out and then get in when I feel like getting out and getting in. But when God brought me in, I made up my mind. I'm staying in the house of the Lord. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. How do you stay? Set boundaries. And stop waiting on your pastor to set all your boundaries. Have your own boundaries. Well, let me stop. Let me stop. Sister Robinson, grab your purse. We might have to leave here real quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, the, the generation that found themselves in the wilderness of sin failed to do this. They failed to do what? Set boundaries. And now we have Achan going down the same road that they went down. So Joshua makes a decision. I'm going to get rid of everything that belongs to him. The Bible says in Joshua chapter 7, starting at verse number 24, and Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the garment, and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them into the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why have you troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel, everybody stoned him with stones, but they just didn't stone him. They burned them with fire and they stone them with stones why because don't ever think your hidden sin doesn't affect anyone else but you Mm -hmm. it will affect other people don't ever think what you do in secret is just only affecting you I'm not hurting nobody oh no you're hurting everybody No one knows what I'm doing when the doors are shut. No one knows what I'm doing. I hope, I, I hope this is okay preaching this morning, but this is what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I, 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 yo, yo, it, it, nobody knows that I have this little secret life. Nobody knows I do this. Oh, you're affecting everybody, my friend. You, you may not think no one sees you, but that spirit is following you everywhere you go. Hallelujah. Anybody here ever, ever picked up on a spirit, but you didn't realize you picked up something on something. All of a sudden you start feeling things. You start dreaming things. You start having visions about things and you're wondering, where is this coming from? Why am I feeling this way? I haven't felt this way in a long time. It's because of who you're surrounded by. 
And that, and that lying spirit now is trying to jump on you. And that cheating spirit is trying to jump on you. And that fornicating spirit is trying to come on you. That adulterous spirit is trying to come. Oh, my God. It's because you're surrounded by people that dwell in the wilderness of sin. And my friend, if you surround yourself with those same people, that same spirit will try to come upon you. But do I have any fighters in the house of the Lord that say, get thee behind me, Satan? I rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Can I take it just a little bit further? That's why we got to lay hands on our children and say by the authority of your word, by the power that's in the name of Jesus, that spirit of fornication will not get on my child. That spirit of lying will not come upon my child. That spirit of cheating will not come upon my children. Hallelujah. That's why I'm preaching to myself now. I'm not preaching to this church. That's why I'm very careful who my children hang around with. This word may not be for you, but it's for me. I'm very careful. I'm talking about in the church too. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to me and my wife. I'm very careful. And if I see them around someone... That I feel in my spirit as the pastor, they got something going on. Then it's my duty to set a boundary. Oh, y'all didn't hear me. I said it's my duty as their father to set a boundary. I don't wait on the preacher to get up here on Sunday morning and say you shouldn't be doing that. You should No, I'm going to go home as for me in my house. As for me in my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to set the boundary in my own home. I like what I feel in here. Why? Because I believe today many of you are going home and cleaning some stuff up. Many of you are going to throw some things away that should have been thrown away a long time ago. Many of you are going to set some new boundaries. Many of you are going to repent. Repenting from ways of old. This is what the prophet Isaiah said. He said it like this. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. And I know that I shall not be ashamed. Someone shout in this place, I'm determined. I'm determined that I'm leaving this place changed and that you're not going back. Someone just needs to hear the words, you can do it. I'm going to say that again. You can do it. You can lay it down. You can walk away from it. You don't have to stay in the wilderness of sin. Yes, you can. You can overcome because the Bible says I can do all things through Christ. That's strength me. All you need is a little bit of Jesus. You need a little bit of his help. Stop trying to hold the steering wheel by yourself. Take your hands off the wheel and let Jesus take control. Amen. You can do it. You can do it. So when your friends and family ask you why all of a sudden you have a new boundary, why all of a sudden you're not going out with us, why all of a sudden we're not watching that movie, why all of a sudden we're not going to that party, why all of a sudden we're not attending that school dance, why all of a sudden you don't want to smoke, why all of a sudden you're too good to cuss, why all of a sudden you're not doing what you was doing last week, you just look at them in the face and tell them I'm focused now, I've set new boundaries now, I'm going in a new direction now. 
now. I'm changing now. I've repented now. I'm not going back now. I'm determined now. I shall be victorious now. I feel like shouting in this place. I know I may be ruffling some feathers. I may be stepping on toes. But if I'm stepping on your toe, you ought to leap for joy and say, Lord, change me. Lord, change me. Lord, change me. You shouldn't leave here the same way. Somebody's getting it. I'm going to leave here changed. I'm going to leave here changed. I'm not going back. Somebody clap your hands unto the Lord and shout victory. Oh, come on, new life. You can do better than that. Shout victory. Come on, clap your hands unto the Lord. Yes, you've won some small victories, but now it's time to win the war. Oh, I feel like preaching here. Can we just take this to another level here real quick? Yes, uh uh-huh. You've won some small victories, but now it's time to win the war. The, The scripture was letting us know the story that the children of Israel was in the wilderness of sin. They were between victory and his presence. Listen now. They were between victory and his presence. Notice the Bible says that they journeyed from Elim. That means they left victory not to go to his presence, but they left victory. But, and because of their murmuring, God drove them into a wilderness of sin. Because when we lose focus of where the victory comes from, (laughs) when we forget who gave us the victory, we won't dance in his presence. We'll dance according to our flesh. What does that mean, preacher? That means I will only have a dance when things are going good. But don't ask him to dance when things are going bad. I like the God of the mountain. I don't like the God of the valley. Wait a minute. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I know he's with me. And so the children of Israel was in the wilderness of sin because victory, between victory and his presence. And the problem is, is that they only desired victory. They did not desire his presence. And when you only have a dance With no presence, you end up right back in the wilderness. If I can make this very plain, if you have a dance with no holiness, you end up right back in the wilderness of sin. If you have a dance but no separation, you end up right back in the wilderness of sin. If you have a dance but no consecration, you end up right back in the wilderness of sin. If you have a dance but you have no secret place, No time alone with God. You end up right back in the wilderness of sin. You are surrounded by glory. I want to help someone understand this today. This morning you are surrounded by glory, but you don't have your own story. (laughs) Why be surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, but you don't have your own testimony? You don't have your own 
walk. You don't have your own altar. Oh, no, my friend. Uh -uh. But I've come to tell this church and someone listening here today, maybe even online, you don't belong in the wilderness. You don't belong there. God did not place you here to stay there. So someone needs to understand you need to get out of the wilderness. Get out of the wilderness because you don't belong there. Can I take it a little step further? Get away from wilderness people. Get away from wilderness thinking people. Get away from people that act like the wilderness, talk like the wilderness. They want to remain in the wilderness. I don't have time for wilderness thinking people because someone needs to shout to your neighbor, to your left or to your right. There's greater for me. Uh-huh. Oh, you're not hearing me. Turn to someone and tell them there's greater for me. So you don't belong in the wilderness. You belong in greater. But the only way you can step into greater is if you have an understanding, I don't belong where I am. First, I'm going to dance. Then I'm going to draw boundaries. And then I'm going to remain in his presence. Because I know in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And I can dance in his presence. Someone needs to understand that you don't belong where you are right now. But after you leave here today, you're coming out of the ways of old and you're stepping into greater. I said there's greater anointing. There's a greater elevation. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. I'm telling this church, there is greater. There has been noised abroad the things that are happening at New Life Fellowship, but you cannot stay in the wilderness of sin and expect greater to happen. This church must come out of the ways of old and step into greater because there's another level that God is sending you to and I'm telling you that next level is going to come through your boundaries, through your separation. Is this still a holiness church? Is this still a God separated church? We're going to another level and I'm telling you God has something greater that's in store for each and every last one of you. Somebody in here to throw up your hands and lift your voice. Somebody shout greater. Hallelujah. Greater, 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 greater. God has something greater. Come on, musicians, help me out here, please. God has something greater, but greater is only available to those that refuse to dwell in the wilderness. So get out the wilderness. Why are you remaining in a place where you don't belong? I said you don't belong there. So why are you standing? So why are you staying there? It's not, it's, it's not God keeping you there. Now, God can drive you there because of our murmuring and complaining. But you, you can't stay in the presence of God and remain a murmurer. You can't stay in the presence of God and remain in victory. Because when you're in his presence, you don't even have time for people that murmur and complain. You don't even have time for people that say things against the vision of the pastor. You don't even have time for people that say things contrary to where this church is going. You don't even have time for folks that say, oh, I don't know if this can happen. I don't know if this can be done. You've got to move forward into greater. 
And I speak over every man, woman, boy, and girl that is here right now. I speak greater. There's greater coming to your house. You better hear this man of God right now. I feel a prophetic word come upon me. I speak greater over your families. I speak greater moms and dads over your children. You may not have children here right now, but I'm speaking greater wherever they sit or stand. You don't know. They may be watching right now with their hands raised in a bedroom with tears coming down their face saying that preacher's talking to me. I've been in the wilderness for far too long. I need to get back in the presence of the Lord. I know where I belong. They know where they belong, but don't you stop giving up. And don't you go to the wilderness looking for him. But you stand in the presence of God and say, come on, honey. Come on back home, honey. Come on back, honey. I'm drawing a line, honey. Come on back to where the consecration is. Come on back to where the... I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. Somebody ought to magnify the Lord. Because I'm telling you, there's greater. There's greater. There's greater. There's greater. There's greater. Greater anointing. A greater dance. A greater walk. A greater... I'm trying to tell someone that your breakthrough, that your deliverance is going to come through your worship. Don't worry about that. If there's enough places up front, you worship the Lord right where you are. Worship the Lord in the back row. Worship the Lord in a corner of the sanctuary. Let everything that had breath praise ye the Lord. Somebody lift your hands and lift your voice if you receive grace. Songwriter says, Open your mouth and say, Yes, Lord. Somebody shout, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes to your will. Yes to your way. Now, before this praise team comes, because we're about to tear the roof off this thing, I'm telling you right now, the roof is about to come off this place. I'm speaking the fire of the Holy Ghost to fall all across this sanctuary, because there is a greater anointing that's about to hit every man, woman, boy, and girl. You thought you was at a level that you didn't think you could be at. I'm telling you, God has a whole nother level waiting on you, but he's waiting on you to lift your hands and lift your voice and believe it out of your mouth. Stop speaking defeat when God has promised you victory. He's promised victory. Now, this worship team's going to come and we're going to worship. And I need you to understand something very quickly. Why I can preach a message like this with such conviction and with something burning in my heart because you need to understand that God has been dealing with me personally with stepping into greater. I'm not saying anything right now that your pastor is not aware of. Thank you, sir. That your pastor is not aware of. But I'm telling you right now, our church when I became pastor in the year of 2020, I actually came here to speak for the first time in about August or so of, of 2019. It was some, it was June June of 2019 is when I came here. And then I became a pastor in the first week of March of 2020. Yes, 
perfect timing. And yes, I took over a church and then a shutdown happened that very next week. The church was running a little over 90 people. But with the help of the Lord, we pushed through it. We used wisdom by the help of the Lord and we did everything we could to do the right thing. And now today we're running up to 250 people. We have more than doubled the church. I said we more than doubled the church in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a shutdown, in the midst of all the things. In just a couple years, we more than doubled. Well, now, guess what? We've run out of parking. We have no seats in the sanctuary. We're running out of space. And God began to tell me, I've got greater for you, son. There's more for you. So if you ain't got the message by now, I'm going to preach to myself. And so I begin to pray. I say, Lord, I don't know what to do because we're in a dilemma. The vision that I have, the things that I want to do. I say, Lord, I want a gym. I say, Lord, I want to operate in daycare. Lord, I need at least 10 acres of land at a minimal. Lord, I need more space to be able to do the things that we want to do because, Lord, I'm believing for not just hundreds, but thousands here in the city of Lafayette. But here's the thing, our property, it's on less than four acres of land. We're on 3.85 acres of land. So I met with all type of construction companies and I said, what can we do on this land? Is there any way to make this work? What my vision is? He said, well, son, you're trying to do a lot on a little bit of ground. I said, well, let me just see what I can do. So I spent money after money, thousands, architects, any architects in here, we, we need to join forces, praise God. All this money in the architecture and all these different things things we're spending. Y'all know what I'm talking about. All this money is going out. But then I mentioned in a board meeting one day, I said, I wonder if there's a church out there that has what we need and we can just take their church. I don't know. Let's just see what God would do. So then, just a few months later, there's a Nazarene church there in town that's three minutes away from our church. And that Nazarene church has the capacity to hold up to 800 people. They have a wall that splits the sanctuary to where it seats 400 people and can be expanded to 800. Guess what? That Nazarene pastor contacted me and said, we would like to meet you. The board and I want to come and meet you. They came and met us and said, hey, we went from 300 down to less than 50 people because COVID affected us. And in the back of my mind, I said, COVID did not affect us, but we rose through COVID. While many people were dwindling, they said after COVID, they did not come back to church. Well, you want to know why they don't go back to those churches? Because they're dry and they're dead. They're dry. So you can have the same experience at home as you can in the house of God. I'm telling you online watchers, there's nothing like this. There's nothing like being in the house of God. There's nothing like being in the presence of an almighty king. You can't duplicate this in your pajamas at home. Duplicate this while you're scrambling eggs in the kitchen, but we feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Uh, hallelujah. Now y'all calm down. Let me finish my story. And so now they meet with me and say, well, our church is too big. Our church is too big and we can't handle the bills. I said, really? They said, well, this is what we have. We have a sanctuary that can be expanded up to 800. We have a gym. Checkbox. We have an operating daycare. 
checkbox and we have 12 acres of land our building is 62,000 square feet that's three times the size of our building and I said well what are you thinking we are thinking why don't we just swap churches we take your we take your church I'll give you our church I'm here to tell you by the authority of the word of God God is making it happen it's coming to pass somebody shout greater If you don't receive this message, God has brought me too far. God has done too much because I'm receiving greater. Now, it gets even better. It gets even better. Because the first thing they began to tell me was that, hey, we have an operating daycare. They said, would you like to take that daycare? I said, you know, I think I would like to take that. That sounds like a great idea. They said, the only thing we would like to do is that we would give you the daycare as long as you keep our employees employed here because they're nervous that they will lose their job. I said, sure, that's fine. They just need to understand we're going to have our own handbook, policy, and procedures. So as long as they sign it, they can stay in employed here. They said, okay, that's great. How about this? We'll give you all the stuff in a daycare, all the playground equipment, all the fenced in playground stuff. We're just going to hand you a business because I didn't ask to be handed a business. I said, Lord, I want to start a daycare, but because I believe by faith, God says, I'm going to do greater because the Bible says he's able to exceed now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or even think. So I don't know what you need today, but elevate your thinking and let the Lord exceed your expectations. Somebody lift your hands and lift your voice. Shout out to the Lord with the voice of triumph. Put your hands together like this. 